Hello and welcome to the Being Well podcast. I'm Forrest Hansen. In our last episode, we talked about the role of the two voices in our mind, the inner nurturer and the inner critic, and discussed how we can keep those two personalities in balance. Today, we're going to wrap up the strength of confidence with a conversation on a simple concept with surprising depth, knowing you're a good person. I'm joined, as always, by Dr. Rick Hansen. Uh, Could you explain what you mean by knowing you're a good person and let us know how that relates to confidence? Well, confidence overall is kind of a general term for feelings of worth and um, having a sense of trust in your own abilities, thus confidence in yourself as you go forward in life. And those experiences of worth with related thoughts like self-esteem um, are very re- uh, related to our history as children and how other people have treated us. Uh, and now as adults, we have opportunities to uh, repair uh, wounds of self-worth, uh, feelings of inadequacy, feeling of, of inferiority or being less than other people. We had the opportunity to repair those wounds, which originated generally in relationships through both our relationships, internalizing supplies from other people, and through recognizing things ourselves, about ourselves, including our capabilities and our talents and our virtues, and most fundamentally, recognizing in ourselves a kind of core of fundamental innate goodness. So that recognition of that core in oneself is, in a way, one of our most fundamental and most reliable refuges. Because yeah, almost everybody does bad stuff from time to time. I've done it, and I do it, uh, as you may well know, Forrest, far from perfect. And uh, also, we have ups and downs. People treat us in various ways. But if you know deep down inside yourself that there's a fundamental decency there, fundamentally good intentions, then you can draw on that no matter what else is going on around you. That's why I think it's really important. And for many people, for some people, they might be thinking, well, well, I already, I know I'm a good person. I feel it. it's not a deal. I'm great. And I think you're probably in about a fifth of the population. And I think the other mm-hmm. four fifths, including me, when I, throughout most of my life, at some deep level, there was doubt as to whether I was basically a good person. And I think a lot of other people tend to feel that way deep down inside. So for them, it's a real step to claim the knowing for themselves and then, as needed, to appropriately assert it to others that there's a fundamental goodness inside themselves. So why do you think it's so difficult for so many people to have a really authentic experience of feeling like a good person? Yeah, I think part of it's cultural. Hmm. Um, as people uh, who come from other cultures, as, as the Dalai Lama coming out of Tibetan culture, in circles, some circles fairly well known, there was a moment when he was talking with a bunch of Western teachers and people who are fairly familiar with Western psychology as well as Eastern Buddhism. And they asked him what to do about feelings of self-doubt or low self-worth. And he literally took something like 10 or 15 minutes talking with his translator back and forth, even though the Dalai Lama is pretty fluent in English even then at the time just to find out what in the world are these Westerners talking about. Mm. And he basically said, you know, in, in my culture in Tibet, we we place a high value on living a moral life and personal virtue and, and taking care of other people. Not perfect, but it's a high value. But in that culture, we just, we already feel like basically good people. Mm. And now we have to 
do our work in the world, right? And so cultures vary. And I think there are certain cultures, uh, arguably America to some extent, maybe some other cultures, where a person's worth is not seen as innate, mm. but more has mm-hmm. to do with contingent results they produce in their life. It's very, what have you done for me lately? Yeah, or what have you done, period, lately. Mm -hmm. Exactly right. Whereas other cultures, there's more of a recognition of innate goodness in people. Some of that's grounded in the religion of, let's say, the culture, like Buddhist culture in Burma or Thailand or something like that, or Tibet. But um, it can be for other reasons as well. So I think that's one reason, Mm -hmm. how performative uh, your worth is, right? And then there are personal experiences. You grow up in an environment where I've known, I've had clients who've come to me and the stuff their parents said to them were terrible. Mm. Uh, You're just a bad person. You're a bad seed. Uh, You're a bad child. I'm not surprised you did that. You're bad to the bone. And whoa. And that's the kind of stuff that when it lands on an eight-year-old or a four-year-old or a 14-year-old can really, 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 really have have a big impact. So there's those reasons, and then more just kind of subtle general reasons. Sometimes people have feelings of shame uh, related to something they did that was bad. Uh, they hurt someone, or they, they didn't stand up for someone. Or sometimes there's the result of if people are molested, even though even mm. in environments in which shameful things are done to a person, there could be a feeling of somehow being ashamed of oneself or tainted or stained or damaged goods as a result. So for whatever the reason, coming into just a confidence in your own natural goodness is, I think, really powerful for many people when they make that shift. It was really powerful for me when I went, wow, honestly, I was in middle age. Wow, I'm a basically good person without mm-hmm. needing to be a saint. Mm-hmm. You can be a basically good person. Yeah, to add something to that, yeah. it's something that we've remarked on before. But I do think that there are ways in which technology and social media have made it incredibly easy for us to compare, as we've said, kind of the whole of our lives to the highlight reels of other people. Yeah. And that inherent comparison can be pretty brutal because we see our lives warts and all, whereas we only see the kind of the carefully edited narrative that other people allow us to see from them. Yeah. And I mean, it's going to be very, very uncommon that the whole of your life is going to stand up to the highlights from somebody else's. Yeah. You know, you're not seeing their boring days. You're yeah. not seeing their bad running with their neighbor or when they snapped at their significant other or whatever it might yeah. be. So I think that it becomes a little bit, just a little bit harder mm. to form that kind of very well-rounded perspective mm. on other people's behavior and on our own. Mm. Yeah. You've said a few times now, that it was kind of a revelatory moment mm-hmm. for you yeah. in a way when you recognized, yeah. wow, I am basically a good person. Again, like not a saint, mm. but basically a good person. So why is it good to feel like a good person? That might be mm. kind of a you know, pedantic question on a no. certain level, but I actually think it's sort of interesting. Like, Why is that an inherently good thing, particularly given culturally? We put such a prize on staying hungry and mm-hmm. continuing to push and continuing to achieve. This is a topic that in psychology, in terms of research, mm. uh, to my knowledge, I can't think of a single study wow. that I've read, okay. and, and I'm pretty, I have a pretty wide net, that has to do with not the belief, because that's easy to come by. For sure. example, I know a lot of people who 
believe that they have many, 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 many positive qualities, and yet deep in their bones, they feel like a bad person. Mm -hmm. They certainly don't feel good about themselves. Mm -hmm. And so the study of the actual experience of feeling like a good person, I I can't think if it's ever been researched, even though it seems so fundamental, especially if, by contrast, people feel like a sinner or like a bad person. And not just someone who sins, but but deep in their bones, like they're just bad inside. Uh, and I think a lot of people have a secret shame and a secret fear that deep down inside, there's bad. They're bad. There's something wrong with them. Uh, if their masks were gradually peeled off and the veils lifted, and they were truly discerned, people would be repelled fundamentally by what they might see. That's a an experience in a lot, a lot of people. You'd be potentially surprised by that. People who project a certain confidence, even a certain hauteur, or who move through life with a certain boldness, deep down inside, you peel back the onion, there's that fear that if they were truly exposed for who they really, really are deep down, people would be disgusted. So to be able to shed that fear itself Mm -hmm. is fantastic for people. Uh, it's such a burden, and it leads people to do various things. They self-medicate with drugs and alcohol to anesthetize that deep feeling of badness or something disgusting in their core. People also will pile up narcissistic accomplishments and manipulate others and try to impress others and crowd others out to get their moment in the spotlight you know, just to hold off, to keep at bay one more day at a time those terrible feelings of being loathsome Mm. deep down inside. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's a problem. So it's a relief when that's unburdened. And then I think for a lot of people, they, and and me included, they have this issue in, you could say, a milder form where it's almost as if they're stoic deep down inside or sort of plodding along. You know, it's not that they're feeling deep down inside that there's something terrible or shameful or horrible about them. But it's almost like a kind of numbness or inertness or stoicism about yourself. And and they definitely don't feel the relief and joy and reassurance that can come from actually feeling like a good person. So um, there's an opportunity there for having that sense. I believe there's a saying in Buddhism, find gladness in your goodness. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right? Not celebrating, yeah, I'm wonderful, I'm number one, but more just a quiet gladness. And yeah, not too bad, basically good person. And that that's a very reassuring thing. And when you feel that deep inside, you're more willing to give other people breathing room. You have less need to sort of beat your own drum or toot your own horn mm-hmm. or, or crowd out other people because you already feel yeah. good about yourself. So how can we grow that feeling then of being yeah. a basically good person? given that there are so many people who struggle with that, either if you have a real substantial mm. deficit there, yeah. or if you're just kind of a normal person and you're sort of in the middle of the distribution yeah. and you'd like to bump up that experience yeah. of not feeling so bad. It's a really interesting question, isn't it? I'm, mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what you know where this has landed for you as well. Sure. Because there's so little actual talk about this. And um, I can say, I have a few suggestions. See what you think about them. Mm-hmm. One is to notice that it's actually a pretty low bar mm. to recognize that someone is a basically good person. Yeah. And you can have a sense of someone fairly quickly. You meet them and you know there's stuff you don't know about them and you figure that, hey, maybe they cheat at golf a little bit or they've kind of slid on their taxes or 
Uh, they've had some secret thoughts about other people that are that are pretty dark and and not so pretty. Okay, and still, you can see. All right, the person who is working next to you, the person who's uh, sleeping next to you, uh, is a basically good person. Even though you you're aware of their warts, maybe their failings, failings and foibles, you see that they're a basically good person. All right, just imagine how low that bar actually is. And then imagine what would it be like to apply that standard to yourself. Mm, mm-hmm. Given and ask yourself, well, why do I think they're a basically good person? Or what gives me that sense of them? Or what does it mean to me to consider them a basically good person? Dot dot dot. Okay. What would it be like to hold myself to the same standard mm-hmm. and to be willing to bless myself or see myself or honor myself in the same way that I would would see or honor or recognize that other person. I think that's a really useful thing. A second thing that I, I think is meaningful for many, many people, and this starts to edge into stuff that I've got a kind of personal question mark related to, but deep down inside, many people report that it feels like there's a layer inside themselves or a witness inside or a quality of being way, way, way deep in themselves that uh, is really beyond personality, feels deeper than their personality, and yet it feels real to them as a fundamental lovingness, willingness to recognize the truth, benevolence toward others. And if that's real for you, and if it's not, hey, it's cool. Um, (laughs) It could be just innate in human our human nature, our human psychology, without getting into anything mystical here, just whatever, however it lands for you, people do report as a psychological resource, the sense deep down inside of a kind of inner light or inner voice, if you will, or inner knowing that has a fundamental sweetness, a fundamental goodness in it. So I think that's, for many, many people, right or wrong, that's a major resource for them. And I think the last thing is to observe your own just sort of directly engaged good intentions. Observe your own forbearance, your own turning the other cheek, your own shrugging, your own letting the other person have their way, your own willingness to kind of live and learn, forgive and forget in healthy ways, not turning into a doormat, but uh, or directly your own lovingness or your own commitment to justice or willingness to pick up the trash of another person or to stop the car and go back and get the trash you threw out of the window. And when you observe that in yourself, uh, it's kind of like you can let yourself have the experience related to yourself that you would have if you watched another person do that. I'll tell you one more that's a little provocative. It's to, as appropriate, assert your goodness. Like sometimes people might be coming at you and I think there's a there's a healthy cycle of accepting responsibility, uh, acknowledging fault to the extent it's real. I have a kind of a line: it served me well in many situations. Admit fault and move on, and not in a superficial way of admitting fault or overdoing it, but just admit fault and move on. Mm-hmm. And then when you move on, I think sometimes it's appropriate with people to just say, "No, actually, I know what was in my mind, and I really didn't have the intentions you're attributing to me." Or actually, 
um, I had a fleeting thought about you that was indeed X, but then the bulk of what I was thinking about you was Y and Z and Q mm -hmm. and R. Sure. And to be willing to say, no, I, actually, uh, I could be more skillful about that in the future, but I don't think I had a moral fault there. I, I don't feel remorse about that. Mm -hmm. I, I regret what happened, and I want to be more skillful, and you have my word on that. I'm going to implement correction and move on. But I don't think people are bad people for doing what I did, and I don't think I'm a bad person for doing it. I'm someone who's still learning. Anyway, so I think there's a place for if you, especially if you have a history of being shamed or criticized or put down, or you're in situations currently where people are finding fault with you and kind of going overboard about it, to just sort of stand up for, hey, much as, again, you would stand up for another person if you were in that role, who just being unjustly shamed or castigated, and, and it's just not appropriate. So that's that's the last one. Anyway, mm. what do you think about all that? Do you already feel like a basically good person because you had amazing parents or <laughs> <laughs> or other reasons? Or, sure. I mean, I think that... What do you say? I think that it was interesting how you were talking about this being a under-researched field because I think that there is a lot of research on self-worth. Yeah. And shame and shame self and self-esteem yeah. and all of these mm. kind of self-perception-y sort yeah. of things. Yeah. But I'm not sure if there's as much on what you're referring to, which feels like a bit of a subtler distinction to me, mm. where the experience is very inside out rather than outside in. Yeah. Of um, this deep felt sense of even if you have done bad things, you are not necessarily a bad person. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's an important distinction to make. Uh, good people make mistakes all the time. Yeah. I mean, there are 10,000 lessons from history that tell us this and plenty of lessons probably from all of our personal lives. As we've talked about previously, there's that concept of the dreaded experience mm -hmm. that we refer to sometimes. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of ways in which my dreaded experience, for sure, is that experience of feeling like a bad person. Mm. Um, there's this family story that I'm comfortable sharing where I was very young and my sister had just been born mm. and I kind of wandered into your guys' bedroom and I was like four years old mm. or something. Like I was really a kid kid. Yeah. And I had just been watching this movie where there's this like bad night guy character, right? And I walk into the room and I go, you know, oh, I feel like the bad night. Yeah, Because in that moment, I felt left out and kind of separate from and distant yeah. from the sort of core of our family with my younger sister yeah. and the whole thing, who is understandably getting a lot of the attention mm. at the time. And so I think that it's important to not think about this topic in a really top-down way. Yeah, Because I think that top-down, most people think that they think of themselves as being a basically good person. That's, yeah. my, that's my theory. I could mm. be wrong, but that's my theory. Mm. But I think that bottom up, yeah. we often have an experience of, oh, but am I really? Like, am I really a good person? Are my motivations really pure? Should I have been mad about that? Maybe I was wrong to be mad about that, whatever it might be. So I think that the more that, uh, to your point, mm -hmm. we can kind of like reach into the basement of the psyche here mm -hmm. and kind of do a very honest evaluation of what's going on down there, the more effective we can be in actually developing the experience of feeling like a good person yeah. because once we are in tune with the fact that there is a lack mm. we can be much more effective and go about patching the hole uh, yeah yeah and part of the so part of this process for me is definitely about that process of identifying that there is a lack yeah and i that's so well said and mm. uh, recognizing too i think there's a difference between not feeling like a bad person sure 
and affirmatively, mm -hmm. truly, from the bottom up, feeling like a good person. Yeah. Great. I think that's a pretty good note to close the episode on. This was a shorter one, but I do think it's an important topic. To give a quick recap, this episode was focused on feeling like a good person, particularly seeing the good in yourself as you are liable to see it in others. We often judge ourselves somewhat unfairly relative to the way that we judge the rest of the world, and it's easy to fall into cycles even if we don't think of ourselves as being quote-unquote a bad person we may or may not be giving ourselves the benefit of the doubt and really viewing ourselves and working to view ourselves as a good person. So we looked at some of the ways that people can do that, including understanding the role that we play in the lives of other people, kind of trying to turn the mirror around and viewing our own actions as we view the actions of others and giving ourselves the benefit of the doubt much as we do for others. We spent a little bit of time talking about why it's hard to feel good about ourselves, and also what some of the benefits are of developing that deep-felt sense of feeling like a good person. Finally, I had sort of a thought about my own experience and about the experience of children, where some of those deep-root experiences can come from, of feeling maybe a little cast out, a little separate from, and then the long-term consequences of that as we move through life. As we've talked about many times on the podcast, the brain learns from what it dislikes, mostly unpleasant experiences, and mostly the experiences that happen in childhood. So it's very, very normal to have this experience of not necessarily feeling like, quote-unquote, a good person. And it's good to recognize, really from the bottom up, where this experience might be landing inside of yourself. So with that, we end our focus on the strength of confidence, which we've been covering for the last few episodes. And next episode, we're going to begin a new focus on the strength of calm. So until then, thank you for listening.